Well, it's good to be alive and well. Have breath to breathe and reason to live. God is for us. We sing about that. God is for us. So, so often I think people live with this feeling. Oh, is God, you know, is he, is he mad at me? Why are all these things happening to me? You know, and I don't think God works that way. I think he's... We, we know we live in a fallen world. and In fact, um, Jesus said, in this life we will have trouble. We don't have to look for trouble. I don't know about you. You don't look, look for trouble. Uh, trouble happens, especially when it's 30 below and your stuff don't want to start. On and on and go. But this is small stuff, just small stuff. There are a lot of people that are in our you know, world or community that are, that are really facing some deep things, facing some hardships, facing some real, sometimes family crisis, uh, health issues, on and on the list goes. And how do we stay strong? How do you stay up in those kinds of things that are happening? And so today we're looking back at, uh, we're going to go back to 2 Timothy. I, I said last week that we were actually kind of starting on the end of the book and working our way you know, off the way. I have a habit of looking at the back of books and reading before I get through it. Paul is encouraging Timothy because Paul knows that his time is short on the earth. He's in prison. He knows that he's lined up for execution. And he's encouraging. He's not thinking about himself. He's not thinking about, oh, woe is me. I'm you know, I'm, I'm held here. I'm, it's all over. It's doom and gloom. But no, he is up. He is, he is preaching the word. He is writing the letter to Timothy because Timothy is really like a son to Paul in his ministry. Like a, there, somewhere else, I think it's in Philippians, they talk, Paul talked about a, Timothy having no one else like Timothy who has a kindred spirit. A kindred spirit it has to do with a likeness. There's, a, there's, a, there's, this, there's this connection that they're on the same page. That there, there, there probably wouldn't have been another choice that Paul would have chosen if he had to go somewhere on a missionary journey that he would choose Timothy. And so that's the kind of caliber that Timothy... How did Timothy get that way? We learned last week in the, in the first chapter of 2 Timothy that there was a family. There was a grandmother, Lois, and there was a mother named Eunice who had also this influence on a young man. Never underestimate the power of a praying mom or a praying grandmother or a praying father or a praying uncle or a praying someone in the church. We need to be praying for each other because we live in a fallen world. We live in a, such a, a challenging world. And so I'm going to take us to the second chapter where it starts all you therefore. And when we ever see a therefore, we like to back up a bit. What is he saying there? But it's like because of because of, and he was talking about his purpose, his calling in the, in the previous chapter, he was talking about what was important, what was priority, and what he was convinced of, even if he didn't get to see it happen, that it would happen. And so Paul writes in the second chapter, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And those words right there tell us right now that the only way that we can really be strong is by God's grace. 
By the grace of God we are saved, amen, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, by the grace of God we've been saved. We can't work for it, we can't earn it. It's by his grace that we can be forgiven. But the same grace that saved us can keep us and help us and enable us and equip us and empower us to be able to live on this earth and in this life and somehow bring glory to Jesus. Somehow in our chaos, somehow in our confusion, somehow in all the stuff that is happening around us in the world, there is a light that's even brighter in darkness. And you know that light is Jesus. And so, he goes on to speak about things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. Some believe, well, this is when he was sent out. This is when he was, you know, laid hands on Timothy and prayed the blessing on him to go into ministry. We're not sure, but probably just happened in, throughout his ministry, being around Paul, being around people who knew how to pray. He says, these entrust to many faithful men. In other words, trust, trust is earned. Trust is, is something that is, is proven, right? Uh, I believe Paul said to Timothy, don't put anyone in ministry or in position of leadership until they've had time to uh, have a time to grow, time to even have a reputation. So some of you may have people who you are in charge of, or maybe you work alongside of, or maybe you have mentored, or maybe you've maybe you uh, have influence on somehow, and you sort of watch them, right? You pick those who, who they were faithful in, in the little things. You pick those who probably showed up on time, and you probably are watching. And so Paul is saying, trust, bring these things, put these things in the hands of faithful men. And believe, I believe all of us have been called to be faithful. What are we... What are we called to be faithful for? To keep the things that God has told us. To keep the things, the truths in our hearts. To live them out. They become a part of us. Not just something we hang on a wall and uh, look at from time to time. That's okay to be reminded. But it becomes priority. It becomes, what is the word? Value. Value. And so I think back when, when, when the district asked me to go to a boot camp, which is a church planting training boot camp. First time, I believe it was on the front edge of our boot camping experiences. So the leader of, of Roger Stacy at the time went with me. He didn't just send me there, but he went with me. And there we talked a lot about, they talked a lot about values. Values are the hills you will die. Values are the things, if you looked in your checkbook, would you spend your money on? Priorities, things that matter. And so, values will be lived out. What's important? So if your children are important, then you will be spending time with them, right? If, if there's honesty is important or value to you, you will be honest and you will Try to help young people, your children, to be honest as well. It's how it works. So entrusting. We don't just expect people to become overnight. 
How many know that Jesus saves us in a moment, in an instant, but there's been this whole lifetime of processing out, now what? How do I learn to grow and how do I become more like Jesus? How do I act? How should I respond? And it, granted, just as soon as you think you maybe are getting to that level where, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Something happens that tests you a little further. Right? Have you noticed that? Now, there is one thing after another in life that keeps stretching us, keeps challenging us. And how do we stay strong? Because verse 3, says, Paul said it himself, suffer hardship with me. Now, I don't like suffering. I don't like pain. But I know that sometimes it will happen. I know that sometimes pain is necessary in order for me to grow like I need to grow. And he likens him, his suffering, his hardship, as being a, a good soldier. Not just a soldier, but a good soldier. So what does a good soldier look like? A good soldier, according to verse 4, does not entangle himself. He doesn't get bogged down with the affairs of everyday life. In other words, he keeps his focus, he keeps his mission in front of him. You know, there is responsibility. We still have to have life. Even as a soldier, there's life. Some kind of a life. But a soldier commits himself to fight the fight, to guard the faith, to keep the faith. A soldier that it may please the one who, so it's not about me, is it? All of a sudden, it's not about you. It's, not, it's about what the Lord wants. So all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, I feel, okay, God, you want me to stay strong, but what about the days I feel very weak? What about the moments I feel like I've, I, I actually failed you? Well, he says that in his word, in your weaknesses, I will be your strength. And so our, our our challenge is, is to realize we are weak, but he is strong. And so actually, it's a good thing when we can admit that we're weak. But you have this feeling, well, I can, I can do this. I can do this. So we stop praying. What's going to happen? If we stop reading the word, what's going to happen? We're going to fall flat on our face. We're going to realize, you know what? I can't do this on I can't be the father, I can't be the mother, I can't be the student, I can't be the person at the job that you call me to be without tapping in to the resources of the Holy Spirit and the help of God. And so Paul is writing to Timothy, reminding him again of the disciplines, disciplines of what a soldier goes through, what an athlete, verse 5, what an athlete competes, he competes, and he's not going to win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. There's no shortcuts to <laughs> growing in the faith. There's no instant, overnight, becoming a man or a woman of God. It doesn't happen that we can have boosts, we can have encouragement, we can feel we can feel a, a mountaintop experience, but listen, the real work always takes place in the field. 
in the marketplace. When you go to work tomorrow, if that's your schedule or whatever you do, you do your chores, what's my attitude going to be like? Am I going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ knowing that there could be someone watching, but not even that so much as the Lord is watching. And I can't pretend to be someone somewhere here and someone somewhere else. We need to be who we are in Christ. And we can rest in that. This being strong in the Lord sometimes can be deceiving. Sometimes we may not feel like we're always what we ought to be. But realize this, where our strength comes from. Remember when Samson was flirting with the world and remember when God gave him extra power and extraordinary supernatural ability to tear the gates of the city and carry them, I forget how many miles. Unbelievably strong. But his problem was his begin to flirt with the world. And he began to let down his guard and begin to believe that he was the strength. In fact, he it caught up to him. And one of the saddest, kind of a sad way he went. The scripture says that he did not know the Lord departed. Now What happened was God withdrew his blessing. God took the anointing that he had for Samson to do great and mighty things. He, he didn't, it was like God is saying, this, this, this guy, I can't bless him anymore because he's turned to himself. In a way, he's starting to do it, and he's starting to get big hit. He's starting to. And so God allowed him to be humbled. He ends up, his eyes goes out, he ends up being a slave. A lowly job of grinding at the mill. But I want to believe in my heart that something happened to Samson. At the end of his life, he prays his prayer, God, strengthen me one more time that I might avenge myself. If you read that story, God allowed him to bring that building down with all those people. God was judging the Philistines of the enemy at that time, and God dealt with it. God, uh, Samson lost out some reward, no doubt, but I believe he, he's with, with God today. Because no matter where you're at, if some people you know, some people get to a place where they feel they, they can never be forgiven. Some people live with this guilt that they've gone too far, they've committed the impardonable sin. And the blood of Jesus is shed for every sin and every whosoever will who call upon his name. How are we going to be strong? We will be quick to confess our faults. That's when we are strong. When we're quick to confess to God our need for him. 
And Lord, every day, every day is a new challenge. So these, these examples that Paul is talking about, the hardworking farmers, some of you grew up in a farm, some of you understand, every day is no shortage of work. Always something to fix. If you're not in the field, you're working with, with equipment, on and on it goes. But since there, there ought to be a share of the crops, the hard work. Consider what I say for the Lord. Verse 7 will give you, and I love this verb because we need understanding in the day we live in right now, if any, any time, we need the Lord's understanding in everything. Give us his mindset. There's nothing new under the sun. To God, all things, everything is in his hands. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descended of David, according to my gospel, which I suffer hardship, even to imprisonment as a criminal by the word. And then he said, but the word of God is not imprisoned. You just have to say, yes, the word of God is not imprisoned. They can put us in prison, but they can't put God in prison. In fact, Paul, in another place, said, because of my imprisonment, Others are stepping up and preaching the gospel even more. So Paul chooses, this is not going to get, even this is not, even death row is not going to get me down. Later in this book you'll read, I have fought the good fight. And all, and somewhere in my heart I got a hold of this thought, I want to finish I want to finish. What does that look like? Comes all down to what, who's in here, who's in charge, and who am, who's, who is controlling my life. As Paul said in his first chapter, I am convinced he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him. Friends, if you have small children, this is a huge. Huge, huge scripture for you, for your situation. Right now, there's a lot of things we can be afraid of for our children in this world. But our God is big enough, and our God is able, and I'm convinced he is able to guard. And so you say, Lord, I entrust my, my children to you. I commit them into your hands. Lord, they are, they are gifts to me now but they're really yours. And we sang about the blessing, the blessing song, and to your children, and to their children, and their a thousand generations. Friends, I'm convinced that God using the family today is still the greatest way to convince people of who he is. And that's not always the case in every family. Oftentimes the family is struggling. There's situations and brokenness, abuse, and on and on it goes. But even in those situations, I believe that God can help people and help to the church that will be a family to people that are in hearts situation. We stay strong by His grace. Secondly, we stay strong by keeping the word. In our hearts, the word in verse 9 declared it couldn't be imprisoned. The word 
And you lead further in 2 Timothy 3.16, he declares this, all scripture is inspired by God. It's profitable for teaching, training. In other words, someone just didn't sit down and decide to write this. This is, looks like something good to write. I'll just think I'll write it down. The Bible says God moved upon men. God moved. In fact, they were like prompted so deeply within they couldn't help but write the things. And they were like an instrument in the hands of God and wrote his word. How? Why did he do that? So that you and I would have something to be able to fight this fight and battle that we are in. That you would have this, this sword, as Paul mentioned in another place, this sword that is, that is able, a double-edged sword. In Hebrews it says the word of God is sharp. It cuts both ways. So the word of God, the more you, you memorize, the more you stay in it, the more you read it, the more it gets in your spirit, it becomes a part of you. The more it comes out of you, the more you sing praises about it, where it all begins to build up a reservoir within you that this is the word. And I think I thought about this. What, what's changed me the most? What's changed, helped me the most? It's the word of God. Along with people who also have the word of God. And God is so designed the church, the fellowship together that we might encourage each other on in the faith, that we might build each other up, that we might strengthen each other. How are we going to do it? We're not on our own, but we're going to do it together. I'm only as strong as the people that I, that, I, that, I, that I know know how to pray and that know that I could share my, my weaknesses with. I remember last Sunday, I think I mentioned Moses, he was praying over the battle and his arms got heavy. Remember? So Mo, Aaron and her, Aaron and her, H-U-R, had a rock and Moses sit down and they held his arms up. And together, the battle was won. There are a lot of folks today that feel abandoned alone. A lot of folks slugging things out on their own. I had a friend that called me, we talked, and he said, no, 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 I lost my job, and I, my, my wife, we're separated. He said, that's a lot that's going to me. He said these words, I don't know if I can do it. And I went, oh, that's the key. You admitting that you can't do it, that gives God the glory. When you say, I can't, and he, okay, now. Now I can. I will be with you. And so often it's not just a one prayer it's, you know, a day. It's, it's praying constantly. It's reminding ourselves of, of the, the, the battle belonging to the Lord. Our strength comes from taking thought every thought captive that Paul describes the spiritual warfare, a spiritual battle only can be fought in spiritual weaponry. I can get angry and that's okay, but 
what's really going to put the devil on flight is that the blood of Jesus is on my heart and that I'm quoting even to my spirit the word I'm speaking the word of God and Jesus was tempted and tested in the garden he always came back it is written he devil loves to play scripture with us get us confused and get us to think well maybe this isn't really so or we get us to doubt all kinds of possibilities but we know as Paul says later in chapter 4 verse 2 he, he declares to Timothy to preach the word verse 2 of 4th chapter preach the word Proclaim it. Proclaim the truths of God. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience. Paul, Paul is encouraging Timothy. I don't know exactly how old he is, but he's known as a young man. He said in another place in his letter, let no one look down on your youth. In other words, don't let your youthfulness bother you by those that are older than you. Is what he's saying. Just be the man of God that he's called you to be. Young people are needed in this Christian fellowship. Young people are, are, are valuable in the church because God can use young people, amen, in their youthfulness because oftentimes young people just simply are more courageous and eager to step out. I don't know, I don't know, maybe you could think back, nothing was, you could do anything. I jumped off the barn once. Well, it wasn't as high as some of the barns. Because I just thought it'd be fun. Well, luckily I had enough snow, you know. But you just think things, you know, nothing can stop you. Why was David, young David, so powerful against this ugly Goliath that was torturing and taunting the people of God? Why was David so confident? Because God had already trained him to use a sling. He took out a bear and a lion already. He did not shrink back. He stood. He took that giant out. Oh, God, give us young people. God is raising up young people. God is doing, God has plans for our youth. God has plans for the youth of our, and the future of the church. If you have family that you've been praying for, keep praying. This is what happened. I had a brother call me this week. No one mentioned his name. So I have six, or six boys, five brothers, one sister. He's not here today. But one of my brothers called me. He said, we're having revival in our family. Really? That's cool. What's happening? Well, my boys haven't spoke for years to each other. They've had a rift. And they've, they've made men's. They've spoken to each other. Not only that, one of them had a really back, bad back. And the other brother said, where's the hurt? He lays his hands on him. 
and prays over him, and the next morning this brother was hurting, felt never felt so good. So that's a, there's a win, and then their extended family. Uh, there's some that have been, been challenged with addiction, and so there, there's talk about getting help, and there's, there's the, at least the desire to want to move in the right direction. And so, friends, sometimes we pray, and we pray, and we don't see anything happen. But, oh, when the Lord shows up, oh, it will be worth it all. And that's exactly what Paul meant, even if it costs us our life, even if it costs us death, we win. Death is a lie. We, we say death. It's not meaning that death isn't going to happen. It's what the enemies tried to put on us, that death is final, that's it. There's no God, there's no, hope, there's no future. But death for the believer is the new beginning of real life, real, being really alive. But I, I don't want to die yet, Right? We want to live while we're here. We want to fulfill, we want to be filled so that we can fulfill his will. What is going out being strong? What what does that look like? It's doing what God called you to do. Whether we fell down, made mistakes, or we missed it, it's not how you start, it's how you end. How you finish. Some folks are fortunate to get in at the last minute. But that's not what God's called us to live. He wants us to start with Ecclesiastes says, Serve the Lord in your youth. That's a good word. So wherever you're at today, you start with what you have. You start with where you're at. You work at what, what is going on. So to be strong, you need the word of God. Number one was to be strong, you need the grace of God. Number three, to be strong, to keep being strong, you need to keep learning, to be, be a student, not to uh, relax, and as Paul says to Timothy, study yourself, be diligent to present yourself a work. Well, he's talking to a pastor, he's talking to a young pastor, but I believe it applies to everyone that walks with God. If we're going to grow, we have to apply ourselves, we have to dig into the things of truth. Verse 16, void, worldly, and empty chatter. Interesting verse. Chatter. A lot of chatter. The world has lots of things to say. And we can't focus on what the world is saying. We have to sift through it. We have to sort it out. We have to say, does this line up with Scripture? Because that's the real truth. That's the real guide. So when Jesus said to his disciples when he left this earth, he said, now you guys go and make disciples. He trained them up. He's taught them the word of God. He's led by example. And I want to really park on that, that word example for just a moment. But so often... And I can look at my own life. I learned the most by people who demonstrated. 
a role model. I was never really, I wouldn't say <coughs> a real good learner in, in school. I, I, I kind of would rather be outside. Laying in the, the dirt somewhere. Recess time, this is grade school. What did it look like in our day? We went out to the, my, my buddy and I, we went out to the edge of the woods and found scraps and sticks and we made little huts. And pretended to be whatever, cavemen or something. That was our thing. You know, there was some, thing, well, there was some subject that were more natural came to me. I was actually, if I think back, I wasn't too bad at Lunch. No, there was one particular teacher. That <coughs> you kind of felt a little intimidated. And she kidded with us. I didn't know then what she would probably say things like, I'm so old, I, I taught the natives. But she was strict. What, 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 she, what does that look like? She wanted her students to learn. And a deep down in her heart, it was a real person, it was a caring person. But so oftentimes, as teachers get the rap for being a really mean teacher, what, what's really down inside, you know, there are a few that, you know, maybe whatever. But most of them are, wouldn't be teaching if they weren't really caring people. And why would they take their time? Why would they spend their time with a class full of squirming kids, restless youth? That's a challenge. Teachers have a hard job. But if I reflect on my life and I look back at my church I grew up in, it, was, it wasn't always what they said is what, how they lived their life. It goes back to what their values were. What was important to them is that they were honest, that they were forthright, that they were, you know, what really influenced me is when older men, I'm talking about people that were ancient back to me then, were ancient. They were probably my age now. And they would take time to talk to me and, you know, pester me a little bit. See, how are you doing? And I was shy, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't say much. But as older as you, you get in life, you realize they were men or they were women of God. They were people who were intentional. giving attention to our youth. And so I learned so much from role models. Friends, today our, our world needs role models in the workplace, 
in the family life, on and on goes. They just show up to be men and women of God, to be hands and feet, ears, ear to hear. Because someday we're going to leave this earth, right? If the Lord tarries, whether we be caught up, whether we go to the valley of shadow of death, we win. So, the only thing I want, as Paul is saying here, Timothy, take and run with this. Go further than I could ever go. God is going to use you. You, you you've got what it takes. You have the Lord. You, you, you have, you have the, you're on the right track. Stay strong. Keep studying. Keep learning. Don't, don't fall for it. Don't get caught up. Don't become like entangled with the affairs of the world. Don't get, don't get sidetracked. Don't get too busy that God has put on a shelf. Or you start doing it in your own strength. You start, start performing. Ministers can sometimes look good, but they're struggling. And so... Paul is really late. He's like laying it out. Like this is a road map. This is how you'll be able to take care of the church. And so we'll end, we'll, we'll, we'll end it up with this, with this student thing. There, there, are, there are big words. When I was in college, I didn't know what in the world the class meant I took the class, it was required, it was called exegesis. It was hermeneutics. But in there they talk about exegesis, and I'm like, who is Jesus? I know Jesus. What's this exegesis? Has to do with, what it has to do with is taking the original meaning of Scripture in its context and digging it out. You're exegesing it. You're taking the original meaning. You're trying to get the original meaning. So often scripture can be, we could take it and we, we, we could say, well, this is what it means. Listen, let me help. What helped me was there's always an original meaning. There's always an original context. And we try to get that first, but then we ask ourselves, how does that apply to me? And so here's what can happen. We can have the original meaning, but there can be many different ways you can personally apply it. And the good news is that God is, is so unique. God is so far beyond us that even when you read a scripture that's something you're going through, like my wife read, and she said, I read the scripture, it, it was just for me. Well, how does that happen? Because God's word is living and active. It was just like he knew what I was thinking. Well, he knows what you're thinking, right? He always knows. And so we... But I think, see, I'm with you. I have not abandoned you. You're going to keep learning. As long as we keep the attitude, I'm just a learner. I haven't arrived. 
That's a good thing. That's our source. That's our strength. And so, and lastly, I'll end up with, I keep saying lastly. You were sealed. That's at verse 19. You were sealed. And we're going to end it off there and we'll probably pick it up next time from there. But this whole idea of being sealed, ooh, it's huge. God knows those who are his. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. You're sealed. You're sealed. He sealed. He, he, he has put the, the stamp on you. He's coming back for you. The devil, get behind me. Get behind me. I am his. The devil can't touch me. Now he may batter He might try to get in the name of Jesus. Guys, I, you know, I often say this at Father's Day. You know, this is good Father's, you know, Father's Day messages. The, the, the Father has been the God-given place, the head of the home. He has a responsibility. The Father's praying for his family. It doesn't get much better than that. That doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. That means there's a covering. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands have a responsibility to be an umbrella, protector, a spiritual leader, and encourager. If you don't have that, It doesn't mean that you're a bad person or any less. It means you need Jesus in your life. And you keep praying. That's a whole different message. We're sealed. Hey, friends, you can't, money, all the world can't replace what Jesus has for you. No one in this life can give you peace but Jesus. He made you, created you, he knows the plans he has for you. So our last song, Edge of Heaven, is <laughs> I'm still learning this song. So my daughter introduced these songs. She's the worship leader. One of the one of the worship leaders in our family, I have two daughters that are, that are on that path. But here's the words: For now we may feel pain. For now we stand in faith. For now your spirit moves. For now we reach for you. Here we are living on the edge of heaven, clinging to your holy presence. We're longing to be where, in other words, we're on this earth. We're on the edge. We're not in heaven. We're on, this is not heaven. <laughs> we know this is not heaven. But heaven is yet to come. And if we can keep our minds on the Lord, and we stand by faith, recognizing. Even when we don't see things as he 
think they ought to be. I'm going to switch back my... as we hoped by now we'd be further maybe or things would be different. I wish that this COVID stuff would dry up and go away. I wish that it would, you know, things would get back to what we think is normal. I don't know if it's ever going to be that normal anymore. And so we'd learn to adapt. We learn to adjust. But one thing's for certain if this keeps us from becoming casual, and comfortable, then God. Have your way. I'm not saying God caused this. I'm saying God uses our pain so often to get us to look up. Let's sing about.